Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore. You know, from my years with Auto Week Magazine, the special vehicle team, Ford Racing, and now Ford Performance, I've always known that everyone has a Mustang story. So to that end, I hope you're reading my efforts to tell your story in the enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com, as well as keeping up with the latest happenings in the Mustang hobby by checking out Ford Performance Club Connect every week. My co-host is a Mustang Hobby and Industry Insider who is perhaps best known as the longtime president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, or Moxum, one of the largest and most active clubs on the continent, plus who also heads up Boxum for you Bronco owners, as well as being the new leader behind the International Council of Mustang Clubs. Of course, I'm only talking about one guy, Mike Ray. Mike, tonight, we should be taking vitamins and laying down and drinking a cold one. What a week we had with the SVT 30th anniversary reunion during Woodward and Memories Week 2023. We got to tell the world about this. Yes, what a week, huh? I mean, we're still recovering, but uh, just what a week for the books. Well, uh, for those of you who didn't know, back uh, when the Mustang celebrated its 50th, Yes, the MCA had some great shows, both in Charlotte and in Las Vegas. Mike, you went to Las Vegas. I went to Charlotte with Gail Halderman. And what a show we put on here in Detroit when we realized Ford wasn't doing anything up to our standards. Your club, Moxham, got involved. You got your executive team out, and you rented the, was it the Ford Conference and Exhibition Center? The Conference Event Center, CEC. And, uh, yeah, right that across was... from, yeah, it was, that's on the property of Greenfield Village. Yeah, and then you got um, you started putting invites out, so we're going to throw the party of the century, and five vice presidents, um, six chief engineers. How many people, how many Mustang heroes in that receiving line did you actually have in line? Well, I know our goal was 50, and I think we got close to 60, um, but we wanted 50 for 50 years, but I think we were really close to 60. And what a, just what a sight. John, that's something me and you will never forget. That image will always be burned in our mind, and I think it will be for everybody who was ever in attendance, too, because, as you know, around the, the water coolers every day, right, they said it's still being talked about and still deemed as the greatest event of all the 50th events that there was for celebrating 50 years. To get all those Ford people that touched the Mustangs over the years, I mean, we're talk, we went all the way back to the original with Gail, and to get all these designers and chief engineers and vice presidents and program managers people we all know in the industry i mean the, it was just in one room in one night was almost unbelievable so that's why i think this year when you came to me and said geez it's uh, going to be 30 years with svt what can we do we both looked at each other got real quiet hey we could do a reunion <laughs> yes <laughs> but then you became the mike ray that i always said why is he constantly doing this to me you kept saying you gotta get john coletti <laughs> that was you gotta the get biggest a, bucket list check off of our career so far <laughs> how are we gonna get i told you mike um and i told our audience when we previewed uh mustang memories and talked about woodward dream cruise you know getting john john had been uh absent from the hobby kind of he does show up at things incognito i've seen him at the 
North American International Auto Show. He goes to racetracks occasionally, very incognito, the sunglasses, the ball cap. You wouldn't know until you heard about it later. But how that came to pass to get the invites out to find the team, you know, they're all over the world. Some, several have passed away. Uh, how are we going to pull this off? And the idea here, folks, was to do a double-sided event all culminating uh, in the, the week of Woodward and all culminating at Mustang Memories the day after the Dream Cruise. So our idea was, well, we're really busy Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because Mike always likes to go up to Paul Rocha's uh, Mohawk Track Experience uh, in South, South Haven, Michigan at Gingerman Raceway. So there was the three days. And then, of course, the, the middle of the week, Mike, you always packed with stuff. There was a huge disappointment this year when Moxham had scheduled uh, a tour of the Flat Rock plan. And Mike, when did you get word that that wasn't going to happen? About a week before. And God, was that just um, devastating to us. And so many people were coming from out of state, had never um, got the chance to experience the tour of the plant before. But I do have it on good terms already right now that there should not be any issues with anything happening to it for next year. And we, we should have a tour back there um, at, at Flat Rock next year. Um, and we apologize greatly for that. It was beyond our control. But it was only about a week before where we actually found out that we're not going to be able to carry that out. And some people were already actually en route to Michigan. Yeah, and, and we heard feedback. And, folks, uh, you know, we do listen to the feedback. If you have something to say about our podcast or, uh, you know, uh, concerns or anything we talk about here on the Mustang Owners Podcast, you can shoot us a note to clubhub at ford.com. That's clubhub at ford.com. We will definitely put it on the air in our mailbag series but mike the issue was for many people the number one question was flat rock are they going to be building mustangs on that day right yeah and they weren't you know i mean there's you know there's um some changes it's change over it's a whole new generation body style and they had to retool the whole lines and everything to make it work so there's been some delays on it but yeah you know now it's up and running and good to go well we're getting a lot of uh, people that are saying that they don't think that ford motor company mike uh, understands the uh, desire, the, the the hobby interest in a tour of the Flat Rock. Nothing, I'm not taking anything away from the F-150 um, Rouge factory tour out of the Greenfield Village and Henry Ford. I'm just saying from our owners here on the Mustang Owners Podcast, everyone I've talked to wants to go see Mustangs get built at Flat Rock. What, what, what other group has better enthusiasts that are more hardcore than Mustang and I can tell you a little insight right now from my boxing angle is um, the Bronco team actually uh, Bronco nation helped get into um, the map plant where they built the Broncos um, uh, a couple weekends ago and got them in for a short tour. So, you know, the enthusiast drive and love is really huge for these nameplates Bronco and Mustang. I mean, in the Ford land, that, that's iconic and people want to see it. They want to be indulged. They want to, be a part of it. They want to see, feel, and touch how they're actually being made. You know, Mike, that's a good point because uh, not just the Bronco Nation, but in the in the Mustang world, you know, we, for years we've been talking about how do we get younger members into the hobby. And I talked to so many young people this past week, and they all to a person would love to go see Mustangs getting built from the YouTubers to the TikTok influencers to everybody and their brother whether you're into it or not uh, they the, the, that stuff is always interesting to see one of the most iconic cars on the planet mustang getting built so hopefully you'll be able to pull that off uh, you know keep us keep us informed mike for next year absolutely yeah i'm really looking forward to it 
And what's next year, John? The 60th anniversary of Mustang. Yeah. Well, if so they don't do it really that, big, I'm sure we'll be surrounding it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that, that's why kind of we uh, we planned this SVT 30th anniversary reunion in, in a couple of phases. The first one was how do we do something special off campus before the Woodward Dream Cruise? And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Woodward Dream Cruise happens the 3rd August uh, uh, every year on Woodward Avenue. But everyone knows that on that Saturday, the third Saturday of the month, it's gridlock. There's There's... <laughs> 50,000 cars and 1.1 million people. So everybody goes out on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night before the cruise so they can actually roll their cars around and see because the action is crazy. It would be the biggest event anyway on the Thursday or Friday, but then Saturday's insane. So that's why Mike and I decided let's do the SVT uh, 30th anniversary first event at the Automotive Hall of Fame in Dearborn right on the property of the Henry Ford and Greenfield Village. And Mike the idea, I think, for the cruising was kind of cool, although there was a there was a threat of rain that day. But the idea was to introduce people coming to a cruise in for just twenty bucks to get into the museum and to see this this panel discussion, to get into this cruise in and meet some of the people. But Mike, what happened was <laughs> too many of the SVT guys showed up. We thought you could meet five people on the panel, and then if you really wanted to meet the rest, come to dinner that evening but what happened was the word got around that neil rustler was going to be there as our chief panelist janine bay the svt's first chief engineer came in from jackson Hole. john coletti would be there in person then doug gafka the chief designer of the all the legends cars including the svt's and then we had tim boyd up there as well the chief the the head of marketing right after john plant have left ford and we thought oh that would be plenty and then we had not only that, Mike, we had some cool prototypes there. Absolutely. Where else are you going to see these? And uh, they came from a long way to actually be there on display for us. So we greatly appreciate um, everybody who helped with that to be able to display those cars that most people have never seen before in person. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, and Dave Wasunda and Monty Seawright got to, you know, uh, calling in favors, Mike. Um, these guys are super true enthusiasts. They wanted to have these cars that should have seen the crusher but were dollared to the, to the clubs and the enthusiasts before they got crushed, and they took such great care of them. To put them in the Hall of Fame, to have people come in and say, what is this, SVT? Right. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, unfortunately, Mike, I think what happened was – uh, one guy was caught saying, well, I'm going to pay 20 bucks to see these guys. 
so I don't have to pay $45 for dinner to see these guys. So maybe we did double dip them, but boy, what a panel discussion we had. A lot of cool old videos that we got to see. Even John Coletti got to see himself giving some cool videos. And Mike, Mike I think we've talked about when we had Tom Scarpello on uh, about that great burnout at the Chicago Auto Show. I did find a copy of it. Yeah, you know, I and I don't think, uh, I don't look at it as we double dip because you got a completely different experience at dinner than you did at the Hall of Fame. It was much more intimate. It was much more storytelling, guys sitting around a campfire, if you will, telling the SVT story. So that was completely different than what we uh, hosted at the Hall of Fame. So completely different experiences, but both of them were ones to remember, right? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So, folks, they came in. They filled the entire amphitheater, like 70 or 80 seats in there. Uh, we listened to, we saw some videos, and we listened to the panel discussion uh, talk about some of, some of what they saw in their, their experience at SVT from the guy who one of the co-creators knew Russell all the way down through these this executive staff. And then we, we allowed some people to do some Q&A. But, Mike, when the when the uh, screen went up and the doors opened and we saw the prototypes behind them, that big that giant balloons and the, the birthday cake, man, the autograph seekers came out. And those guys were swamped. And we had, I Mike, did you get a count of how, I know there were over 20 SVT engineers there. Well, I know throughout the two of them combined, we had 37 different SVT total uh, team team guys there at the event. So um, to assemble that many different ones, um, like I said, between the, the Automotive Hall of Fame one, the dinner, and the memory signing line, we had 37 different ones. So what a, just what a great experience. Who can do that? Well, yeah, well, that Thursday night, so they, they got, it was like, a, I think you ran like, what, 10 to 2, and so we got out of there. Some of those SVT guys, now I'm not going to tell who uh, our podcast listeners who they were, but I heard rumors when they were leaving the Hall of Fame, well, let's go get a drink down at the bar, and we'll go over to the dinner. <laughs> right. So right. when we got to the dinner, uh, my God, uh, Wrestler and Coletti were in the, the the restaurant part of the banquet hall while everybody was collecting. What a great meal. And my God, the secrets and stories that every staffer had the chance to tell, the, we've never heard that stuff. Even I no. worked there for 10 years. I knew some of them. But we never heard some of the, and they, there were more. There was more laughing, uh, and and more back back slapping than there was, you know, cocktails being clicked. It was Mike. That was a phenomenal dinner. It was the definition of a reunion. I mean, it was absolutely. Those guys just loved being around each other again, just like they were thirty years ago. I mean, previous. Yeah. So if you had a Cobra. Or lightning, or maybe you had an SVT Focus or Contour, or maybe even Ford GT. How would you like to have dinner with the guys that, that made and built and designed and marketed your car and can ask them questions? Doesn't happen. Not anywhere in the industry. So congrats on that. But then, of course, we had to get the next morning. No, we didn't go to Flat Rock. But there has got to be a special place in heaven for guys like Mike Berardi, who's been on our podcast, and his Motor City Mustangs collection. He opened up his entire collection to... Mike, you must have had 100 people there, and I was shocked when you asked two your favorite questions when they opened the Berardi Tour. Yeah, you know, it's it's so great to see that. When I always ask, how many people have never been here before? And to see that sea of hands that go up of brand new people who have never got to see that, it is just so, and I think Mike really gets the, the liking of that too, thinking it's not just the same old people coming in each year after year. And even if it was, Mike always changes up some cars, so the tour is never the same two years in a row. But I would say, John, at least 30 to 40 percent 
are new hands in there every single year. Well, this and this year when I saw more than half have never been. And then you yes. asked your second question was how many are from out of state? Yes. Again, I was shocked how many people drove to Michigan to see Mike's ins and what a collection. This keeps changing the dynamic collection this year to see that one off Australian Cobra that that's a one of one. Uh, you know, some he's he's got all the R models, all the pace cars, all the sprints, all the stallions, and then you you got me, Mike. You got me. Yeah. Secret surprise. Are you going to tell the world what they did to me there? <laughs> that was great. And it's one of my favorite pictures from the weekend. And uh, so uh, Mike Berardi's been planning this for a while. And, you know, um, we always call you, John, you're the god of the Mustang, too, um, in all the enthusiast world. And I will accept Steve Turner has a different name for you, but we're <laughs> not going to mention that one tonight. But um, anyways, uh, you know, Mike wanted to commemorate it with a very special dedication. And our friend Marcy from the SVT store made up the most amazing banner of, um, you know, the ambassador of the Mustang too, uh, Mr. John Clore. And your face is front, dead, and center. And it's going to be up on the wall behind um, Mike's Mustang too. Well, no, wait a minute. He blamed you also. Well, of course. He blamed you for spending a lot of money on car. I suggested he doesn't have a true Mustang collection until he has second-gen Mustangs. And then, then, by God, he's got like six or eight of them now. But he was blaming you. What What did you make him buy? <laughs> so, you know, every time I see a cool car that I think would fit in Mike's collection, I always try to send it to him. Most recently, the 1997 Woodward Dream Cruise Edition Mustang. Yeah. But when I was at Roush, he had bought a Roush car. He didn't have one in his collection yet. Then I went to Celine, and he bought a Celine Fox body. <laughs> just to have that in his collection. So it's funny because they keep coming up. And then, like I said, I'll see random ones like this Woodward Dream Cruise edition. And, you know, me and you got on them um, during the 50th for the the couple years that we were missing, you know, yeah. the 80 and 81 back then were really hard to come by. And, you know, oh he found them though, didn't he? He did. And he, feel, I mean, who can say that? But I was shocked when I walked in and he found not a, a Woodward Dream Cruise edition convertible and phenomenal. No, I found it. Well, you found <laughs> it, for- it to him and he bought it. <laughs> Are you joking me? Yo, I'm the one that sent it to him and then he was right on it because he didn't have one. It was a great price, low mile car and it was literally just a couple miles away from what it. What a rare And that's car. why it's in there. It, it's just so crazy and uh, I know uh, Sue is probably not too happy that every time I send him it costs some money. His <laughs> wife wishes you would never call yeah. but, but, but in case people don't know that, you know, the Woodward Dream Cruise edition was made for the, and this is Woodward Dream Cruise week. And many of the enthusiasts that came out to see the collection had no idea there was such a thing as a Woodward Dream Cruise or an Australian Cobra that was exported when we didn't make Cobras that year and then didn't get converted to uh, to Red Hand Drive. Like, how, how does he, Mike Berardi is a, he must search not just bring a trailer to eBay and Craigslist. I mean, he's got to be on the computer all the time. Where does he find the stuff other than you calling him with your crazy car leads? You know, I was going to say, it's probably not just me. He's probably got a whole handful of people who do the same as me, um, trying to share it and uh, would like to see things that he's missing in that collection. Um, and it's, and it's kind of rare because there's not too much he is missing, but little things like that, like that Woodward edition car, that, that was a nice addition that, he did not have and that fits perfectly into the collection well, i mean you know a lot of people there in town mike and we you worked at roush they have a great collection over there the boss nine was over there we weren't able to get that out of the collection i guess it wasn't running um, yeah broke at norwalk from the rumors yeah okay okay well that makes sense but, <laughs> but um and you know so that's great to go to and then of course the paquette plant we love going there and there was, so there's a lot to do but the next day 
Boy, did you get compliments on Mustang Alley West. Oh, man, what what an absolutely, it's got to be the best Mustang West ever. Uh, completely sold out as always, but I heard the spirit was so high this year there. And, I mean, the excitement, the enthusiasm, everybody's just the perfect weather. And Mr. Coletti actually made an appearance there, right? And so, oh, yeah. he, you know, seeing him step out of the car at Mustang Alley West was, Quite the treat, I'm sure, for all the, the people that were there in attendance. Now, for those people who come to Detroit for the Woodward Dream Cruise, yes, there's Mustang Alley. And it's in Ferndale along Nine Mile Road where Ford uh, gets the city to close off that road from uh, about a, uh, three quarters of a mile away from a rail yard track crossing all the way to Woodward Avenue. And that's called Mustang Alley. And you pay the city of Ferndale their $20, then you pull in and you're among those 1,000 cars. But what Mike had... Is for years, Mike, we as enthusiasts were complaining to Ford Motor Company, hey, what if you have a Thunderbird? What if you have a Galaxy? What if you have a Falcon? What, where, where are you supposed to park? And we were pitching to them. I think Rajaner at the time was in charge. And why don't we get some other Fords on the west side of Woodward and we could call it Ford Alley West? Well, they, they went into that because they said, oh, the Galaxies have their own spot. If T-Birds are there, you know, no, we don't want to do that. But then you, what did? how did you get them to give you Mustang Alley west for that little section it wasn't that big just west of woodward so on both sides of of nine mile mustangs were there how, how did it go from a ford idea to moxham well you know you're right though but it, it did spawn off of that because raj and if you guys remember prakash um both of those guys were headlining that and prakash what i think was the the one that was really pushing it hard after to no, make wait, it there because Wait, was it Prakash Patel we're talking about? Was he yes. on the Mustang program? But he, was he pushing? He was the Mustang? program manager for Mustang. Yep. Was he, was he pushing it for Mustang or for Ford, a Ford place to park? No. So what it was is, you know, we uh, Moxham always took up a huge chunk of uh, the east side, and I'm oh, talking. Yeah, that's right. You took so much of the alley. Eighty to 120 cars were ours, and they wanted to do some special things there, especially with the launch oh, um, for the 15 Mustang that was coming. So they're trying to make room. They said, yeah, so they said, what if we give you that area, you guys run it all, and then, you know, it opens up spots to do what we want to do oh, over here. Then we of, both win, and that's how it kind of happens. That now makes total sense. So when you go to Woodward Dream Cruise, you go to Mustang Alley, and you see that whole section right off Woodward where Ford's got cars all over the – that footprint was was made available because Moxon moved over to the west side of the alley and well, the west side of Woodward. And, Mike, this year the city of Ferndale had way more vendors over there. We could, that we had to move our Mustangs down a little bit, but the place was hopping. I mean, just there are food trucks. You could stay just in Alley West all day and really enjoy, then take your, your, your lawn chair and go sit on the median of Woodward and watch the cruise without missing a beat. Yep, that absolutely is. And like I said, and the best part about this year was the weather. The weather was absolutely perfect. 75, sunny, not a cloud in the sky. Awesome. It was, so so we, we got through Woodward Dream Cruise, you know, and then, of course, uh, Ford Performance has their um, Dream Cruise Mustang Alley Afterglow. Uh, we had it over in Allen Park at the Best Western. And, uh, of course, my wife, Jenny, uh, started inviting people. Mike, we had over almost 60 people show up, all from several different states. And we had two special guests. Former uh, Mustang chief engineer Art Hyde uh, showed up and just wowed the crowd with his stories. And then we had, of course, the former uh, designer of the SN95, Emmeline King, who was scheduled to appear at Mustang Memories the next day as well. She showed up and they told stories. We gave away raffles. And just, just as an afterglow to, to Woodward, you were out uh, putting together memories for the next morning. 
And Mike, I know that you didn't sleep at all, but by God, when Sunday was the sun dawned on a beautiful Sunday, it was warm, but did the cars keep coming and coming or what? Yeah, it was absolutely incredible to see all that, to be back at home, as we call it, um, at Four World Headquarters, seeing those cars lined up, just streaming in from Michigan Avenue, knowing it was going to be just a huge and successful day was just really, really great to see. But like I said, being back home, looking over our shoulder and seeing that glass house, knowing that we're home. I mean, it was our first show back there since COVID. And um, it was just so great to actually be back home and on that uh, precious property. You know, and a lot of people hadn't been there in a while. One of them said, you know, I don't understand. You guys have the midway right in the middle of the show. And I had to walk past the semis and all these tents to go see the bullet reunion. And the I said, yeah. And they go, well, why'd you do that? I said, that's yeah, that's on, I said, that's on purpose. And they go, well, why would you do that? Other car shows, they put all the vendors down at the end of the field. I said, yeah, how would you like to be a vendor? Yeah, exactly. People, people yeah. <laughs> Midway means midway for a reason, yeah. There's a, yeah. So, And they couldn't understand, Mike, that if you're a, you bring a Shelby trailer or you, you bring your carpet trailer and you bring your tent, you don't, if you put your, your, your vendors at the, one end of the show field, People are going to look at the cars, and they're never going to walk up to your tent. So That's you correct. created the actual idea of a mid, midway is in the middle of the show. You have to walk through all, and you got to see, oh, I didn't know these guys were here. Oh, these guys, this is cool. That's why you did it. Yeah, you know, it's very simple, John. I mean, back in 2005 and 2006, when I first started taking over Mustang Memories, and we were at Greenmead National Park, um, it, it was the, the vendors were all in the back. Yeah, And like I said, they did not get any foot traffic and they came to me because I was the new show chairman and said, you got to put us more in the middle so that people have to come see us. And we've been doing that since. And it's just been nothing but a huge success. Our midway well, looks like a national midway if you've ever seen one. Yeah. And the, and I told a lot of them that, well, the other thing you did is that on the one end of the midway, you had the food trucks and the, the, the hospitality tents. So to, to get them over there. And then if you had a hot dog or a piece of pizza or some of the great trucks you had out there, you got to see all the bullets over there. You got to see all the SVT vehicles over there because, you know, everybody's got to eat, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, so. you know, what, what a turnout. I mean, from all of them. And the Mystic Cobras came, you know. That's right. Um, That's right. They were there. It, it was just amazing. And the, the apparel, people were going crazy for the special shirts, for the bullet shirts. The SVT shirts, the Bronco Corral. Bronco Corral was a huge hit this year. People can't wait to watch that grow next year. So that's going to be another huge one that we're going to keep growing year by year. And then you put the exclamation point on the uh, SVT reunion by having a cool idea. So trying to get those 30 SVT engineers back on the show on Sunday, you gave a lot of them uh, access to the show. We had a reception line that was almost 40 people long. Yes, we had to use the cardboard cutout of John Coletti because he, after two days of SVT events, he, he stayed home. But my God, Mike, that that reception line was doubled around, and it lasted nearly two hours until Neil Ressler, who sat next to me when you sat next to me, Neil said, John, I'm going to have to start signing with my left hand here. How long is this going to last? <laughs> right. Yeah, it was getting it was getting up there, and, you know, the funny thing is, John, I could have signed forever with that. That was so much fun being with those guys and telling the stories and hearing everybody's love and passion and seeing the items that they were bringing to get signed. Some yeah, of the stuff we hadn't seen before and some of their personal window stickers. It was just really, really cool to see well, all that. The stuff. coolest part, Mike, and I'm going to give you full credit on this. The coolest part of this 
is people can come to a car show, they can win an award from the club and whatever, but the fact that you had those 30 engineers who got to sit there for two hours and sign, you gave them a recognition award cling and said, now go out there, pick a car, and sign it. Yeah. You, you So if you had an SVT and all of a sudden you saw that cling on your car was signed by an engineer, it wasn't it had anything to do with Mustang memories. This is your car got picked by the guy who worked on that car. Yep. When, does that, awesome? when does that happen? Yeah. It doesn't. You know, one, one of the guys, uh, John, after during trophy ceremonies at memories, came up to me and said, I got this on my car. Do I come up here and get something? I said, that is your award. And that Sorry. one was have to be signed by Nick Terzis. And I, you know, and I, I said, I go, he's one of the top engineers from SVT. And I go, your car. he handpicked your car at this whole show. So that cling a, is your actual award. And I go, not many people are going to have any clings like that in their collection. Put it on the inside of your windshield and have your car wear it proudly. What a cool thing. And then, of course, um, you know, we uh, Monday was, oh, my gosh. I, I, I think I slept like a brick. But just, <laughs> just to tell you all out there in Mustang land, when you do a car show, um, the, the idea that Mike came up with uh, for many years for memories, and a lot of you are doing it now, the Mustang 2 reunion was a show within a show at the MC Nationals in Italy with Mark Badgley. The idea of Mike of a show within a show, it just seems to make perfect sense. Yes, it does. And um, I think we proved it again this year with the SVT. Uh, they were the exclamation point of the entire weekend. And like you said, that's the perfect way to describe it as a show within a show. Okay, and now I'm going to we'll close this episode by giving you a big secret. Um, Mike, we've been working on this for five years with your uh, – with your Mustang Club Summit every, what is it, February? Yeah. You, you get clubs from all over the country to come out, at least the Midwest, and uh, or Zoom meeting in, and we, we, we share best practices. And I've been telling everybody, both on the Mustang Owners Podcast and both all your summits and in my Mustang Times column in the MCA's Club Magazine, Monthly Magazine, that Ford Motor Company wants all of us who have a club and all of us who have a car show to consider the idea of a show within a show for just young people. Right. So rather than just have a reunion or just, you could actually enlist some young members, some people maybe in a Facebook group that are not part of your show. And how do you find that Facebook group? Well, you go to FordPerformanceClubConnect.com and you look at the map and see how many Mustang Facebook groups are around. And you can meet with them and say, why don't you guys come? And what we'll do is we'll set you a special, we'll get some live band in the middle of our show. We'll get a food truck that you want. We'll have some TikTok influencers. We'll have a, a special guest where you got, you know, whether it's uh, you know, a, a YouTuber star and you guys, you guys have your fun over there. And then you can see, hey, wait a minute, look at the... Hey, did you see those early 65s over there? Let's go check out their show. And then you can check out the young people's show and see what they do. But having a show within a show, Ford is looking for those clubs that take the lead and bring young people into the hobby. And, Mike, your idea of showing a show, if they do it with young folks, that might just be the way we pass the Mustang torch on to the next generation. Yeah, you know, and, John, because if they're coming in for, say, that certain part, say they just came in this year, just for SVT. And then once they're there, they're witnessing everything else that was on the grounds right. or for the week and anything like that. They're going to tell all their friends that they're going to want to come back and say their friend, like as for instance, this year, say there was an F SVT fan and their best friend back at home is a big Mustang two fan. Well, guess what? In 2024, <laughs> we're celebrating 50 years of Mustang two. So now they're all going to come back as a group to, to experience that part of the event too, which will be a show within a show. 
Oh my God, that's going to be great. Well, so Mike, uh, again, congratulations on a wonderful SVT reunion. All those great things that happened during Woodward and Memories Week 2023. And folks, we hope we gave you some ideas out there if you're involved in a club of, or an event to, to bring in some fun things to do and you know, make make the relationships work with the contacts that you have because those are what people want. They want to have relationships. It's not just the cars, Mike. It's the people. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I think, uh, John, me and you do what our, we do was is because it's for all the people. Yeah, and, and that's what it's about, folks. Having fun not only with your Mustang, but having fun with the people that also love Mustangs. And so we hope maybe next year you might come out to Detroit during this crazy week when we have the 60th. And Mike Ray's got a surprise because Moxham's not going to go it alone for the 60th. We, we don't. We know the MCA is going to Birmingham, Alabama, and the first week or so in April. But for Woodward Week, Mike, I think you're going to be working with not just Moxham, but several other regional clubs. Yes, that's the plan right now is to put a union together, if you will, of the, the local Mustang clubs to all work together to pull off one huge event that um, will last for a lifetime. Well, there's going to be 60 candles on Mustang's cake, so bring your fire extinguishers, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but, Mike, great job. Uh, and, everyone, uh, thank you again for supporting uh, our Mustang community by going to your local car show. We're looking forward not, if you don't be if you're not able to come to Detroit, that's one thing, but definitely you should be all be able to celebrate the upcoming 60th anniversary of the Mustang next year. Mike, it's going to be a fun one. Yes, I can't wait. And we can't wait to talk Mustangs with you next time, ladies and gentlemen. So hear from us on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Until next time, we're just going to have to catch you down the road. <laughs> <laughs>